Good morning. I'd like to remind everyone about our book of the month, which is Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Um, and we do highly recommend that you uh, purchase that rather than get it at the library because it's something that you will want to reference over and over. I also want to remind you that this podcast is available on your iPhone through iTunes or on your Android through Google Play. Just search the Sylvester team and it should pop right up. So this morning, uh, Dick wanted to talk with uh, Marsha first about her uh, use of the tip from last week with the code. Dick, you want to start that? I do. Um, last week, um, we had talked about how to tie down an appointment. The, you know, getting the appointment is, is important, but keeping it is more important. And if we can increase, you know, as uh, Darren Hardy says in his book, increase things just 1% a day, that makes a big difference over a period of time. And uh, one of the suggestions was to have a client get a pen and paper and write down a code number and then to write your name next to it. And that way, if someone else called uh, and they didn't have that code, the client would know they were talking to the wrong person. Then we tied the code to a special feature, you know, that most plans don't have. If they're 60 and under, we talk about foreclosure protection to make sure we cover that with them when we talk to them. But if they're over 60 and, you know, not real sure how their health is, we start talking about an equity protection because guys understand uh, in every sales field you're in, I don't care if it's cars, boats, motorcycles, look at yourself. When you go to buy something, what do you do? You want to go in, you want to get the best deal. How do you know if it's the best deal? You shop. So you go to different places. So when we point out that our plans have something most plans don't, like either equity protection or foreclosure protection. And if you're new to the call today and those terms are not familiar to you, uh, that that warrants some phone call to myself so that I can explain how that's going to work. And you'll see with Ray in just a minute why that's important. Um, but Marsha used this approach last week. And Marsha, after you did this, tell us a little bit about that situation, how it transpired, and uh, um, just kind of how it went down. Okay. I was I called the brand-new lead right when it came off, and at the appointment with the lady, and I thought I'm going to do the anchor bit. So I said, now, do you have a paper and pen? And she said, yes. And so I said, okay, here's the number. I said, this is going to let you know that you're talking to the right person. If somebody calls you and they don't have this number, that is not the person you're supposed to be talking to. And so she took down the number and wrote my name down. And then I got, it was like we had an appointment for the next, like the next afternoon. And I got busy, and I had a whole stack of papers. I was contacting everyone and making my calls. And um, I, I inadvertently dialed her, and she said, oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, you don't have the code, so I can't talk with you. <laughs> but I didn't want to tell her that I had called by accident because I was just so busy not paying attention. She got in the wrong pile. Um, but I thought, you know what, that lady's nice and loyal, and I was very appreciative. So it, the system does work. Will it work on everyone? Probably not, but nothing works all the time. It's just nice to know that you can give people that peace of mind that they are talking the right one because you know, it's, it's confusing to get so many letters. So it, it was a system that worked. Well, let me ask you this. Kind of walk us through the process. You had her on the phone. You set the appointment. How did it transition from getting the code to her understanding how important it was? 
Okay, so I we we talked about the critical period protection, and the, I just she didn't have the mortgage protection information, so I said it's just my job to get that to you. It'll take about fifteen or twenty minutes, and so we set the appointment. I said now I'm. I made sure she had paper and pen, and I said, I'm going to give you a code so that if someone calls that doesn't have a code, you know they're not the right person to be talking to. She said, okay, that sounds good. So I gave her my EF number because I knew I'd remember that. <laughs> and um, she wrote it down, and, and then when I called her, she was very, very good. She just was like, no, I'm sorry. Um she said, I already talked to a gal, and so I'm not, I'm not talking to anyone else. She didn't even ask for the code. She just said, I already talked to, this, to someone, and I've got an appointment set, and I'm fine. Thank you. And she wouldn't say anything else. <laughs> I absolutely love it. because You're right. It doesn't work every time, but it does put the person on alert, you know, that you got a hold of them first, that you are the person, and you, connect, you had to connect well with them, or they wouldn't have valued your relationship that you've already started over the phone so much. And for those of you that are new, once you get approved with Equus Financial, you'll get a six-digit number. It'll be EF and then a six-digit number. Memorize that. And what most agents do is they give them the six digits and then EF at the end. Um, don't care how you go about doing it, but no one else will have that code because it's your number with Equus Financial. So it just it really locks in or has the potential uh, capability of locking that person into that appointment. Marsha, I want to thank you for that. One, sharing it with us this morning, but two, following up and using it because I think that's going to give us, see, guys, if we can increase the number of people that answer the phone when we call back, and, um, and I'm going to talk a little later about tying it in with equity protection and or um, foreclosure protection, but if we can just increase the number of people that answer the phone when we call back by, say, uh, 10%, that's huge over the course of a month. If you set 15 or 20 appointments a week and, uh, say, 20 appointments a week, that's 80 a month, and you increase that by 10%, that's eight more people you have a chance to talk to because they answer the phone. And if you're closing half the people that you talk to, there's four more sales a month. That just pays for a lot of leads, you know, and we've got more people covered and there's less confusion on the client's part. And boy, people don't like to do business when they're confused. Uh, Marcia, thank you very much. That was great. And I'm glad you were using it. Absolutely. I appreciate your training. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, the second person I want to talk to this morning is Ray. Um, Ray's a brand new agent's life insurance. And Ray, as I recall, you had never been in sales before. Uh, so you're still in what I call the wishing and hoping phase. You're <laughs> wishing and hoping everything we're telling you is true. Uh, there are three questions all of you on this call today will eventually ask yourself. Does this work? Can I do this? And will you help me? And the reason I wanted Ray on this morning is um, he's seen enough of the leaderboards uh, each week. Uh, he's watched the virtual team in his training to see that people are making sales. So he's seeing both through our leaderboard and Equus's leaderboard, it does work. So I think that's an important part of everybody's process with us here. The second thing is, can I do this? Well, 
I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that you can. Uh, but you experienced a sale to a husband and wife last week, and I want you to go over that here in just a moment. But will you help me was an equally important component of that sale this week because you and I discussed it before we went. Tell us about two and three. Can I do this, and will you help me? Well, good morning. Thanks for having me on. I didn't expect to be uh, asked to talk on a Tuesday call so soon after signing on with you guys. But, um, yeah, so these guys were actually pretty interesting. Uh, Going back to how I even got them, I think they were a raccoon lead that came in around the beginning of the month, and somehow I discarded the lead. I had this guy call me back when I was at my sister's filling out her application saying, hey, you know, you had reached out to me about mortgage protection coverage, and I never heard back from you. I'm like, well, I'm so sorry about that. Let me get a notepad. So we went through it, and, uh, of course, I went to go for his appointment. I usually like to get my uh, – if I've got an appointment, I like to do my quotes the night before so it's still fresh in my mind on, on what I'm doing. And my son had torn apart my desk, and I lost a whole bunch of stuff whenever it had gotten cleaned up. So I lost all of his info, too. So I went into that appointment and just was super straightforward. Um, like, hey, guys, this is what happened, so I apologize. I'm going to have to get your personal info again. And uh, at that point, then decided to, to call Dick once I recalled that the wife was 35 with the pacemaker. And uh, I looked on my requirement sheets, and pacemaker was a no-go with, like, four different companies, and I don't have everybody yet. Uh, the only one that I could see on my sheet that would work was GPM, and I don't have them. So I'm like, well, crap. So I'm honest with them again. I'm like, look, pacemakers are a little iffy. Insurance companies are picky. I'm going to give my uh, my manager, Dick, a call. He's a guy in his 70s, real nice guy. He's been doing this forever. He'll tell me exactly what I need to do for you guys, okay? And I pulled Dick up on the phone, and Dick just immediately points me over towards, uh, I want to say it was prepared with Forrester's. Um, Ended up being quick and easy. Honestly, after the uh, after the call was done, we ended up getting an email. I think ten minutes after her policy was already approved and issued, she was the easy one. And then uh, for the husband, we ended up going with um, I want to say American Amicable uh, Payment Protector, but he was pushing the limit too because he was three hundred pounds and the limit was three hundred six. So I'm still waiting to hear on that one whether they do a phone interview or they find something else that they didn't tell me about. Um, but either way, point is, uh, quick call to Dick, and I've got the answer I need immediately. So as far as will you help me, it's every step of the way, Dick's been that way. I, I think that it, overall, Dick and Connie have just been awesome. They, they, they either answer when I call the phone or they text me and say, here's why I can't answer, call me at this time. And then we get through it. So uh, well, I think fun. I'm trailing off a little bit. Is there anything you want me to hit on specifically? Uh, no, that was an excellent job. The, the key to it is, because we've got quite a few new people on here today, is one, to understand the value and the benefit of calling for help, um, either in the home and or before. We did know before he went that she had – he did remember that she had this pacemaker and she was in her mid-30s. So we had discussed that, and he says, I know that about him, but that's about all I remember what do I do with this? How am I going to sell her something? And uh, what we do or what we talked about was, you know, a mother with children driving a teenager, texting somebody running a stop sign, 
you know, the biggest probability of death for somebody her age uh, is more than likely because her, her heart condition is not something that's life-threatening in her world and in her doctor's world. It is with the insurance companies because a pacemaker at 35, now her, her longevity of life may not be as long, but what we were concerned about was the immediacy here, and that's what we covered. You know, he said, what am I going to do with this? Nobody will take her. So we talked about doing the accident plan for her and to do it with foresters because of the children and the orphan benefits. So that was a big thing there. So now the kids have orphan benefits through that plan. And uh, then with the husband, uh, the reason we chose the plan with him is they were a little more forgiving on the height and weight. So we're just hoping that that one will go through. Now, just for all of you on the call here today, if the height and weight chart says six foot and 307 and they re uh, weigh 307 or 308, that's a decline. However, if they're five or six pounds less than that, probably about half the time they're going to get a phone call from the company because they realize clients a lot of times, if you ask them how much they weigh, they'll shave eight or ten pounds off of it to the agent. And there are some agents that will shave eight or ten pounds off of it too. So the companies are aware of that. So this guy may get a, an interview and uh, they may ask him that question two or three different ways just to make sure they've got accurate information. But the main point here is Ray was able to go in on his first real live appointment. And I think, Ray, tell me if I'm wrong, you felt pretty comfortable with this. You felt comfortable with them. And I think you felt like, okay, this wasn't that hard. I think I could do this two or three or four times a week. Well, I feel like because it was virtual instead of in person on this one, and I spend a lot of time online playing video games and stuff, it's, it's just a comfort zone. I'm, in my, I'm at my desk in my chair in front of my computer where I spend a lot of time just enjoying myself. So it kind of lends to that. Um, whereas now I would like to remind you this is not my first real appointment. I've had two prior to this where I did not get the sale, but those were in person. And i got to say, I was jittery as hell on those. I was just nervous, you know, you you, I listen to you talk enough that, like, on the drive there, I feel like I've got everything in the bag. But then you get in front of them, and it's stage fright, you know. And that'll that'll go away with time. But I would say that listening to uh, Marsha and Carrie, especially this week or last week as well, they, they're phenomenal. I like listening to them dial a lot. And I'd really love to see somebody pressure Heather Hudek into uh, hosting a dialing because I'd love to hear how she handles her clients as well. But well, that was, I, yeah, I'm sure that'll come one of these days. You know, I can relate to what all you guys are going through. I remember the first time I was a jogger for 30 years, and about 10 or 12 years ago, my son invited me to go play paintball. I uh, wasn't particularly excited about doing it, but I'd never done it, so I got all suited up, and I go out there, and I remember I got behind this bunker, and they were closing in on me, and I had to get away. And uh, in anticipation of the run, my heart was pounding so hard, I think the enemy could hear it. It was amazing. So I know what you guys are going through when you're out there uh, with live bullets going over your head. But the good news is there's always a little anxiety when you're there, but the best part of it is it gets less and less and less as you go along. Now, I just want to say about Ray, because Ray has been very direct had a ton of questions. I feel like we answered them all. I feel like 
we just have a really good relationship. But I want to tell everybody on this call that you're all probably thinking, yeah, he's sitting in front of that computer because it's his sweet spot. He's a gamer and he's comfortable with technology. You know what, guys, that doesn't matter. He has other things in his life. Everybody on this phone has reasons. They have a why, but they also have excuses, okay? So look at your excuses and work through them so that you can get to your reason. You know, a lot of people on this call, like Ray, have kids, have a family to support. You've got to make it happen, and that's what he's doing. It's, I, I just can't say enough to you how much we like to hear success stories because we are firm believers in uh, self-employment, business owners. Only in America can you do this, okay? And I'm on a soapbox, and y'all probably just going to have to listen. <laughs> but this is a privilege to be able to work like this I talked to my son this morning. In the construction business alone, there is a one million worker shortage. And you might say, okay, well, that affects us because they can't buy insurance. Call the next person. Maybe they're not in construction. You know, we are very privileged to have this opportunity I know Dick and I count our blessings with it every day. And, you know, Ray said he he wasn't counting on being on this soon. But on the other hand, he said yes when Dick asked him. And it is a good speaker. So we appreciate you, Ray, hopping on this morning. And we will continue to be here for you and everybody on this call, really. Amen. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for having me on, man. I wanted to go over something this morning with you. There's a lot of talk about leads and things, you know, this lead, that lead, how does that work, why doesn't this work? And as I was preparing, I was thinking about, you know, when you take a dollar lead or 50-cent lead and somebody goes out and sells a high-dollar annuity with it, how does all that happen? Well, I want to give you a a classic example of what happened with one of our agents uh, about seven years ago. Um, he gets to the client's house. Now, this is, um, uh, he's the fifth agent. He doesn't know that, but he gets there. He's the fifth agent, and she says, you know, I just want you to know, she said, you're the fifth agent to come see me. I told the other four that I didn't need any mortgage protection or life insurance, and they spent 30 to 45 minutes each trying to explain to me why I needed it. So our agent says, well, ma'am, what makes you think you don't need life insurance? And that question, guys, guys, is very important because rather than him jump in and, and trying to convince her she needed insurance, he wanted to find out what the reason she felt she didn't need it was because when you find that, now you've got a chance to close them. She said, well, I have a $5.3 million trust to live on. The agent, probably I'd like to see the look on their eyes. He says, ma'am, you're right. You don't need any mortgage protection but are you the least bit concerned that if the market has an adjustment that your $5.3 million trust might drop to 35 or $4 million? She said, yes, I'm terrified. And he ends up writing a series of annuities totaling $5.3 million. Guys, that was a two-year-old lead, probably bought for about a dollar, 
and the first four agents, they would tell you this really wasn't a very good lead or this lead didn't have much value. And I'm here to tell you today, all leads have values if we ask the right questions. So that's one of the keys to it. Now, one of my concerns is I was going back through Darren Hardy's book uh, in preparation for today's call, and one of my concerns is, you know, uh, he talks in there about success from the old, old, I say old mentality, from people, first-generation people that created wealth. In most situations, when you have a generation that has worked hard and created wealth, it skips the next generation. I could never understand that. I went to high school with kids whose families had big farms. One of them had an orchard. One of them had, you know, a stone quarry. And none of those kids did anything with it. And it, you know, I never understood that. Well, he points out, he said, when you have a generation that has overwhelming abundance, it leads to a lackluster mentality. The next generation didn't develop, this is key, the discipline or the character to create the wealth. And why is that important to us as agents and to you on the phone call today? Because as we become successful, we have a tendency to take for granted this success and forget what got us there. We see it happen all the time. And Darren Hardy shares a story about a restaurant that opened up near his home in San Diego. He said they had phenomenal service, the welcome or greeter was great. The food was fantastic. And um, they, many times you would wait an hour outside the restaurant just to be seated. He said, but the staff started to take their success for granted, and the cleanliness uh, became a little bit of an issue. Uh, the greeter became just a little bit snooty because people were waiting and she was in control or he was in control. Food quality was okay but not spectacular. Now, remember, people are waiting an hour to be seated, and 18 months later, they go out of business. They failed because of their success. They stopped doing what made them successful. And, guys, this can happen in this business. That's the reason when you're on this call here today and some of you are struggling, and I know it, but that's why you're better off if it's difficult for you at first here because it's going to develop the character to be successful but we must continue doing the work. And that's why we continue to focus on, you know, the four things that lead to success in our business, resources, activity, schedule, and system. You know, the resources are the leads. Got to have leads. So I'm going to cover the specific types here in just a moment. Activity, got to put the time in calling. Is it easy? No, it's not easy, but it's worth it. And then schedule. Guys, this is probably one of the areas where people – drift away from first is the schedule because we've got to have specific times to do specific things. We've got to have a time to call, and that's non-negotiable. If that's our dial time, I was telling Ray earlier this week, uh, when I first started, Sunday evening was my dial time from 6.30 to 8.30 was my dial time on Sunday evening. If Barry Clarkson called me at 6.35, we didn't talk. That was my time to dial. Uh, we've got to have a time to run appointments. That's got to be on your schedule first. First thing is our calls like this in the national call. Next thing, or uh, schedule on your calendar a time to call. The next thing is schedule a time to do your appointments. And you've got to schedule family time because they are as just as important as the other things. 
we can't let any one of these get out of balance. We have to remember this is a job. And, of course, the system we have is more of a plug-and-play situation where we just follow the system. Now, there's been a lot of talk about leads. You know, these leads are better than those leads, you know. And remember this. A lead is a reason to talk to a person about a specific product or service. And as this issue continues to be in our minds, I was reminded uh, yesterday of this same issue when I first started in the resort business. I was working at a place called Hidden Valley Lake near Cincinnati. We were using three types of leads. We had direct mail leads, referrals, and dinner party leads. The direct mail lead, they got a free gift to come and take a tour. We would close one out of ten. That was just the number. One out of ten people would buy. If you were good, um, the top five of us, we would get two out of ten as a rule. Uh, A referral, the property owner brought their guest down for a free gift. Um, At least the owner in that situation was on your side, so they were trying to help you a little bit. We love those. And many times there was already a connection with the owner if it was one of your owners. So that one was one there. You had to work just as hard to get the sale but it seemed easier because the connection was already made. The dinner party lead. Now, this was, this was at the time considered the worst lead we had. Now, stop and think about this. Uh, they went to a free steak dinner. Uh, they watched a video presentation about the property, and then somebody got up and spoke about it and told them what it was and showed them pictures and answered questions. After all of that, the table ho- host uh, would convince them to come out and see the property. And convinced is the nasty word here because the agents, the salespeople thought, you know, all they care about is getting their fee to get the person out there when, when in fact was they should have been thankful that the person convinced them to come because then we had the opportunity to show them around. Now, think about this. The people took a half a day out of their life to take a look at our property. They had to put up. Uh, had to have some interest. They had to put up a $50 refundable deposit just for the privilege of coming and looking at the property. What we didn't realize, each of these leads or prospects were marketed that I just mentioned, direct mail, referral, and dinner party. They were all marketed to in a different way. Now, people who came to the property as a referral probably would never have come on a letter to get a free gift. They needed that endorsement to to get them to come. So they've got a different mindset when they arrive. What we tried to do was treat every lead the same. You know, if we were good with direct mail, then that's the way we approached it. Uh, But each, each guest buys differently based on the way they were marketed to by the way they were brought in. Now, we had a few salespeople who couldn't sell guns in a riot, and they got mad at the dinner party leads because... Uh, the people convinced them to come out there and look. Well, looking back, those probably were the best prepared lead I have ever worked because the person put up that $50 refundable deposit to review the property. They had a good idea what the prices were from the party. They knew, um, you know, um, what we were doing, what they were expected to look at. But the agents had the wrong attitude toward this program. It was the best lead I have ever worked, but they terminated it within a few months. It was expensive because the agents weren't closing on it, and it all boiled down to the attitude of the salespeople. They were looking at these folks as mooches 
for coming out to get a steak dinner. And I quote that because that was what we heard all the time. Even if that was the case, we now had the opportunity to paint that client into a picture of a weekend getaway where they could create lasting memories for their children, and it was only 30 minutes from downtown Cincinnati. They could have a place to come, create those memories for $2 a day, and at the end, they had a lot they could build a retirement home on when they finally retired. And these guys were having trouble closing that. I won't even go into all the amenities that were on the property because it was absolutely gorgeous golfing lake community. But we, we blew that because we were trying to treat the lead the same way. Now, each of our leads are marketed in a different way. See, we have direct mail leads, we have IVR leads, and we have um, uh, Internet leads. Now, a direct mail lead, yes, they take the time to fill out the information, giving a birthday or age, smoking status. They put it in an envelope and mail it back. The, the, the anchor we have on the direct mail lead is we have information from them we would not have had if they not sent it in. That's the only advantage on that one. The IVR lead, on the other hand, they're approached differently. You know, the direct mail is approached from the standpoint of a death benefit. We're going to pay the mortgage off. The IVR leads, those are uh, incoming voice recorded messages for those of you who are new, uh, they're approached with special benefits. There were benefits available to you when you closed your loan. Call this number to find out more about those special benefits. So if we focus on special benefits when we get one of them on the phone, and I'll kind of go through how to do that in a moment, um, we just need to sp focus a little bit differently. Now, when pushback comes on the IVR leads or the direct mail leads, and it usually does, we need to have an idea of how these people buy. Well, a good question to ask an IVR lead, and you ask it slowly, is, you know, when you get them on the phone, is this going to work every time? No. But it goes back to the, you know, if we can increase things 10% makes a difference. But we ask a question, are you aware of all the benefits of qualifying for mortgage protection? And um, before they have a chance to answer, you know, of course there's a death benefit. If John doesn't come home because of a car wreck or a heart attack, Neither does his paycheck, so we're going to give the family enough money to either pay the house off or reduce the new payment to less than rent. That's a benefit. However, when people understand all the benefits with mortgage protection, that's usually not number one. Now, if you're new to insurance today, you've got to be thinking, well, what in the world is number one if the death benefit isn't? Well, usually uh, foreclosure protection will turn out to be the number one benefit of having uh, a mortgage protection plan. Uh, and if they're over 60, you talk about the equity protection because there you've got to get a, 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 a smaller policy just so the family has money to make payments. Um, you know, John and Mary, another benefit of a mortgage protection is the zero cost option, you know, where you get all your money back at the end. Of these three benefits, which, which do you feel would be most important to you? See, it's, it's one thing to tell them information. I, I came up with three things, and that was intentional, three benefits, and then we have to find out and test the waters to see where they are. Which one of those is most important to you? You know, um, many times you're going to say, well, what's foreclosure protection? I've never heard of that. 
I just need a little more information to see if you qualify and you try to set the appointment. You know, the Internet lead, on the other hand, all they want, guys, is a quote. That's all they want. So if they just want a quote, what do you do? Do you give them one? No. You're going to, but no, you don't give them a quote. You ask them a question. Well, when you ask for a quote, John and Mary, let me ask you this. Do you want a quote from a plan where the company takes all the risk or where the client takes all the risk? Because if they do blood work and find something, whatever they find is broadcast to every life insurance company in the nation. So do you want to have that information on the World Wide Web where it's available to all companies, or do you want a quote from a plan where the company takes all the risk? See, what have I done? I have, I've changed the playing field from price to benefit. You know, they make, you know, many times they'll say, well, what's the difference? Well, if the client takes a risk and they do blood work, then that, every insurance company in the nation knows. Um, and then another benefit a lot of people are very interested in is the zero-cost plan. You know that if you're kind enough not to die and use this, they give all your money back. Which of these features would be most important to you? So now we've eliminated the idea of the price to which features are important to them. Now, is that going to work with everybody? No, because everybody's not going to let you go through it. But you are now armed with some information and a method and some questions to ask to try to change the playing field so that it's in your favor. And that's what this is all about today. It's giving you the ammunition to set yourself up for success with each lead and understand each lead is thinking about this a little bit differently. Great explanation, Dick. I always love to hear that because, as we say, a lead is nothing more than a name uh, and number of a client, a prospective client who has a need, and uh, we need to make certain that we are prepared to meet that need. Um, we talked uh, yesterday in our email about uh, understanding as a new agent how to go from good to go to your first application, and one of those things uh, to do is to be sure to complete the new agent onboarding, um, which we have come up with. Um, Robert has helped us devise that. He has a specific one for the virtual team. He has one for our team. You should have received that. If you didn't, you can send me a text or, um, or an email. But taking the team onboarding class is going to help you in so many respects especially if you've taken a break and are coming back to us after a few months of, uh, you know, inactivity for some other reason. But getting to that first application, you know, as Barry says, you can do one, you can do two. So if you get, if you're wanting to get that very first application, we highly recommend that once you have your good to go and while you're waiting for those carrier appointments, and don't wait for all of them, Get out there and write an application as soon as you get that Forrester's pending. That's, that's the way we get a fast start and money in your account and people protected. But during that process of waiting for the carriers, that Forrester's pending email, you do want to take your new uh, uh, agent onboarding class. Um, it's designed to take about four, uh, four to five hours. Um, you know, obviously most people aren't going to sit down and do it in one sitting, but uh, several evenings or early mornings 
uh, when you can't be on the phone, that's a great time to be doing that. So let's uh, uh, not only remember our slight edge by Jeff Olson as the book of the month for personal development, but let's use this onboarding class as uh, a tool for personal development also.